Yo, 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 welcome to the Make It Rain podcast. Here we are on episode, I want to say 32. Uh, it has been a long time since your boy has hit the podcast. It's been a couple months. Uh, but yeah, your boy D-Train is slowly coming back. He's slowly coming back. Today, we have something special. Uh, I have a guest with me in studio, and I also have a remote guest. So we have a total of three people on the podcast today. My uh, guest in, stu- in studio is Dylan. What's up? What's up? How's it going? I'm not going to lie. It got really dark for a while, but it's all good now because the NBA is back. The NBA is back. And we got Rafi on the mobile. Rafi, what's going on? Pretty good. Um, excited to have uh, this conversation, and uh, it's been a been a pretty competitive NBA season so far. So uh, I'm probably going to play the role of uh, Molly Karam today <laughs> and I'll let you guys go at it. Come on, bro. <laughs> I'm JK. I got I got like four pages of notes. <laughs> I got like four pages of notes. So uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know all things NBA starting from like the beginning of the season up until now. Uh, some topics we got the. The Warriors are toward the bottom of the league. Carmelo Anthony makes his return to the NBA. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about load management. Uh, Luka Doncic is going off. And uh, the Dallas Mavericks, the third team in the West right now. Uh, Milwaukee, can't, can't sleep on Milwaukee. Uh, Siakam in Toronto. And uh, Jimmy Butler in Miami. Uh, we're going to talk about Kyrie in the Nets. Uh, Zion, uh, Zion's been out for the Pelicans, but uh, Brandon Ingram's going off. And we're going to talk about the Lakers. We'll also talk about the standings. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about the uh, Make It Rain Fantasy League that uh, your boy hosted. And we will do a Christmas preview. So are you guys ready to dive in to all of this stuff? Let's go. All right. Let's start off with number one. Uh, so... The Warriors are toward the bottom of the league. Uh, they are 5-22, 5-23, I believe. So they had a dynasty for the last four years, and then uh, injury has plagued them. Kevin Durant has left them to go to the Nets, and now they are barely staying afloat and uh, probably tanking for a draft pick, a high draft pick this year. Your thoughts? All right, with the Warriors, like, it's pretty simple, right? This is what happens when you lose, like, your top three players, like, all within, like, one offseason. Yep. So, you're essentially, people you're playing now are, like, what, over-glorified G-leaguers. Yeah. Rookies that haven't played in the NBA before, so they're trying to figure it out also. They got some serious veterans. Like, I like Burks. I've always liked Burks, and, like, this is the first time where, like, I feel like he's actually gotten to showcase what he can do. But other than that... It's just like a bunch of mishmash pieces, and they have no direction right now. Yeah, poor, poor Steve Curry's been uh, <laughs> dominating the league for the last four years, and now <laughs> got the worst team in the NBA. Rafi, you want to chime in? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with both of you that you know they've been plagued by injuries so far. Um, I think I think D'Angelo Russell, even though he's been slightly injured for a little bit, he's been playing phenomenal. Um, 
and uh, you know, I mean, Curry. I mean, Curry's Curry's been out for a while, but uh, you know, he's he's still the man when he does play. I think it's just been hard on him because he he doesn't have the supporting cast anymore that he used to. Um, but I, I think they have a great management. I, I forget. I don't know who owns the team, but I forget. I know they have a good Joe Laco? owner. And um, I think Steve Kerr is still a great coach. So I think they're on the right. <laughs> they're in the right track. Maybe, probably not this season, but probably a following season. Hey, small little detour. Small little detour for next year. You know, get all the guys back. But, uh, yeah, D, uh, D'Angelo Russell has been out for, like, two weeks, uh, and Draymond's been out. And, yeah, I mean, Eric Pascal's been doing well for them. Uh, Alex Burke, as uh, Dylan said. And, yeah, Steph, uh, he injured his hand in November. Hurt my fantasy team real bad. <laughs> <laughs> really hurt my fantasy team. <laughs> I think I I started crying when I <laughs> saw that he was potentially out for the season, but uh, he's out till February and March, and uh, I mean he's probably out for the season. <laughs> he's probably not going to play till next season. They'll probably bring him back for the second half for a run. I mean maybe we'll see. You know who I kind of feel bad for though, Draymond, because like as the current construction, he's getting like exposed right now because they're asking him to do things that. He has probably never done before, and he's not particularly good at, which is scoring in volume. So when people watch him, he's, like, breaking layups, shooting up air balls. It makes him look really bad when, in reality, he's a really good player, although a somewhat limited one. It doesn't look good right now. Nah, it doesn't look good. They're, they're worse than the Knicks. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty bad. Uh, Rafi, do you want to say anything else about the uh, Warriors? Uh, it looks like, you know, a lot of I payback mean, is happening <laughs> for all the terror they have brought to the league. I mean, I think they play. I think they play smart basketball. I just think that they're, like I said, I think they're plagued by a lot of injuries, and I think once they get those players back, you know, when they're all healthy next year, I think uh, they'll be like probably a middle of the pack playoff team. But, you know, right now it's just going to be, uh, you know, just seeing what uh, players they have on their team and giving maybe some of those younger players opportunities to, uh, to grow and develop. They can find a good role player. Uh, if we're talking about next year, I don't know if I would call them middle of the pack. I actually would have them as upper tier. Only because when they are healthy, like, this team is explosive. Even without Kevin Durant, like, you got Clay, you got Steph, and when Draymond's playing with them, like, this team, like, blows everyone off the floor. Especially when they go small. So even if you want to say they're not as good as, like, the Clippers or, like, L.A., they're probably not that far behind. Like, maybe, like, a step or two. Top four. I would top say four. they're at worst, like, maybe, like, the fourth seed in the West. And I think I they can that. at least get up to, like, two or three. What do you guys think is going to happen to uh, D'Angelo Russell? 
you think he's gonna get traded or he's gonna stick it stick it out in uh Golden State? I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell what they wanna do with D over there. Only because like if you wanna play Steph, D and Clay yeah, that's it, small. it shifts Clay over the to the, to the three. three. He can play the three, but yeah. I don't know if you want to do that. Yeah. But we'll have to see. Rafi, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's like a little bit too crowded in like the guard position, and like I don't know. I feel like D'Angelo was sort of just picked up because they knew that Clay was going to be out for so long. So, I mean, I don't know. It depends on how much, like, playing time they're really able to give him. I don't really feel like he's going to have a lot of playing time once they get back. So I feel like it could be a short-term thing, and eventually he'll get traded again. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they can get a, a big guy for him or or forward. Yeah, but who yeah. do you trade him for? Good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like he received what is essentially like what? Like was almost a max? Like it wasn't the max. I know it wasn't that. Like it was, I think it was like close. Yeah. I can't remember, but like it's a lot of money. So you're going to need like somehow match it. Yeah. So I guess right now you're probably like, um, who can you send him out for? And who's willing to take on his contract? All right. Uh, so... Carmelo's back in the league. Uh, he signed with Portland, and right now he's averaging 16.3 points per game. He got 5.9 rebounds, uh, shooting 41 percent, 41.5% from two, and 39.6% from three. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Carmelo coming back, Carmelo being back? Uh, Rafi, we'll let you go first this time. Uh, I think, you know, I, I was very surprised that, you know, he's been playing well as he did because I feel that I, I was worried that he would probably be out of shape when he came back. Um, I I know the Portland has also been somewhat injured uh, over the past few months, so they really needed somebody that would give them that scoring punch. Uh, so I, I, I still think he, he has been in the past and he always will be a defensive liability, but, um, you know, I, I think he's, he's scoring at a a pretty high rate and, uh, and, um, you know, I I think, uh, people should, uh, be prepared when they face him that he is gonna, he is gonna battle it out. I think Carmelo's fine. Like, he's solid. Like, his skill set is a little complicated for the role they needed to play. But where Portland stands right now, they need to, like, uh, they, they'll take whatever they can get. But um, I'm just happy that Carmelo is back in the league and he's able to go out more on his terms instead of, like, <laughs> in a ball of fire like he was before, where everyone was just, like, roasting him. Which I think was undeserved, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ecstatic. Carmelo's in the league. I Carmelo's my, you know, one of my uh, favorite. He used to be one of my favorite players. So, 
I like it. I think it's a good move for Portland. Uh, I haven't I haven't watched too many Portland games, so I kind of want to watch some more. But what I've heard is that he's been uh, he hasn't been stalling the offense like he usually does. So he 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 makes his decisions more quickly, and he you know he's more like more shooting now. Like he's still he's still getting his shots up. But you know the the, the, the his decision making is more uh, quick, and I think it will bring off pressure for Lillard and McCollum. So they have that uh, they have that third guy they were kind of looking for to uh, score and play make a little bit. I would say the biggest thing for Carmelo right now is that like the three point shots falling, yeah. like because the three point shots falling, you can kind of excuse the defense. And all the other stuff, and plus, I mean, Portland hasn't been that really good. Plus, too. Lillard has also had like the back issue. I would know because he's on my fantasy team. So yeah. like, you need another guy to create outside like CJ McCollum. So mm-hmm. I think the fit is like perfect at the moment for what Carmelo is. Yeah, I, I think it's a great fit, and I'm looking forward to seeing. Hopefully, they can go on a. On a streak because they they got off to a really bad start. Portland did. That's like Portland every year. Yeah, I mean they get they get hot usually in the second half, so maybe they they do the same thing. Yeah, I mean I think uh, I mean I know I'm not sure was it uh, either Lillard or McCollum like wasn't weren't they hurt? One of them was hurt for like a little while. And that's why. Yeah, Lillard yeah, has the back thing. McCollum was? Uh, Lillard. Oh, Lillard. Yeah, so uh, I, I still feel like they, you know, they have those two guys, but they still, you know, like you guys said, they kind of mellow, hopefully can be that, like, third scoring option because I feel like that's what, the, that's what the Blazers have needed for a while. Um, so hopefully that will help. I, I still feel like they need, like, I don't Feel like they have like a huge like defensive presence like center like I don't know I'm not sure who their center is but they got Whiteside and uh, who's the other guy? Well, Leonard. At this point, it's basically just Whiteside because everybody Nur- else Nurkic is out. Is out. <laughs> Everyone else is Nurkic out. is out. Collins is out. Zach Collins Nurkic is, is out. out. I yeah, think so they need like a they yeah. need a good big man, and I think once they get like a good defensive big man, I I think they'll. Uh, I think they'll be in the right direction. Right now, I think, I mean, the best they could do is maybe be like, you know, a bottom of the, you know, an eighth, an eighth seed in the playoffs or whatever, possibly. But, I mean, that might be pushing it. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't really think they're a playoff team this year. You think they're a playoff team? I think they're a playoff team. I mean, when you look at the bottom of the West, at this point, it's anybody's game. Yeah. And from what I saw last year, it's too early to tell now because I was so for the Kings pick of the playoffs last year and it didn't happen. So anything can change. It's too early in the season to tell because, like, because with uh, Portland, they start off slow, like, every year. And we, like, go, like, oh, man, maybe Portland doesn't make the playoffs this year. And everyone always counts them out. It's like that with San Antonio, too. And then, like, at the end of the year, guess who's in the playoffs? San Antonio and Portland. Okay, but 
the San Antonio got off to a like this was probably one of their worst starts ever. And I I'll I had this as uh in in the standings. I was like surprised at how bad they were. But you know, we'll we'll talk about that when we when we get there. They're also like still one game out of like the AC. So what's that tell you about I mean, the West? Yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about that too. Because uh usually the those top t- the top teams are usually in the West. They have uh they're usually over like five hundred. I mean the top teams in the West are still great. No, no, it's no, just the, that the like, top teams, but usually like usually like the one through eight. Yeah, it's just that like the bottom has fallen out a little bit. Yeah. We'll get into that. Uh, Mello, what do you think Mello, if the if Portland does make the playoffs, what do you think Mello's impact will be? I think he'll be, you know, sort of what, you know, what you said about how I think he's good at maybe spreading the floor. Yeah. He sort of takes that focus. They certainly he, won't you get know, swept. He, al- <laughs> he, he, allows, he allows Lillard and CJ to become you know, more playmakers, and I think Melo gets a lot more open shots when those two guys um, are going are going strong. Uh, so I, I think he could, you know, give them, like, maybe, like, you know, what he's getting right now, maybe, like, you know, around 15 points, you know, averaging in the playoffs. Yeah. I think the playoffs are a little bit more complicated, only because once you get to the playoffs – you're actually going to need to start, like, defending. And the thing about Melo is I'm still iffy on whether he can defend, like, really good teams. And at the moment, like, if they make the playoffs, I think they're probably going to need, like, what, eight or seven. So they got to either get matched up by either L.A. team, and that, that's not <laughs> that's, good. That's not good. <laughs> they have a lot of sleeves on defense right now. So I'm a little worried about that. Like, I don't – I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. It's just that once they get there, that's where the issue is going to start popping up. You... Yeah, I mean, he's he's always been that way, too. I mean, Melo's never cared about defense. He's like, you know, he's he's strictly like a, a three-point threat. And, you know, not even like, a, you know, he doesn't even go to the basket enough. He's too much of like a spot-up shooter. And I think that's why... Uh, you know, people uh, people push him to the, the three point line. He he gets and he relies on that sometimes too much. So that's why I said you know probably between like ten and fifteen points because he's uh he's not a um, you know the guys that the guys that do really well are the guys that you know they they get to the rim they get they get to the free throw line and uh, Melo doesn't you know I feel like get to the line as much as he. As he could. All right. Uh, let's talk about load management. Load management. Overblown. Non-issue. I think it's non-issue, too. I don't see the big deal. I mean, all right. Well, okay. Okay. How many people are actually on load management? If you actually go and think about it. It's like, what, three? Yeah. Embiid? Blake, Kawhi, Kawhi you got like three guys yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. And without load management, they might not even play. Like if it wasn't for load management, let's say they play like a bunch of games, they get hurt, yeah. and you lose this, and you lose these guys anyway. 
So for me, it's like if it's only affecting like three people and technically only one of these people people care about, which is like Hawaii, since like Philly's like a little on the fringes. They're good, but people are kind of just like, it's Philly. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just like it's an issue that's been overblown mostly because Kawhi, who is an MVP candidate, and he's in L.A. now. So everybody's talking about it. That's that's exactly how I felt. Like no one no one batted an eye last year in Toronto. <laughs> and you know, now all of a sudden like he's only gonna play what, fifty to sixty games. Everyone's gonna make a you know, huge deal out of it. I mean, look, they <laughs> I mean Golden State was hobbled last year, but they still won the finals. Yeah, I mean I think uh I don't really it as like a bad thing like i mean for example uh you know i just look at you know a big example of of a team that did it really well greg popovich and the spurs i mean um there would be so many games you know when the spurs were like at their peak when they would rest you know ginobili or parker or tim duncan for like you know they would rest two or three of them at a time during a game because because they knew they knew they were gonna like they knew they were gonna do really well in the playoffs and they didn't really you know it didn't really matter they didn't have to get like the best the top seed or you know they just they they they, they were proven um, so I think I think it depends on like what team you're on and like and like how experienced the rest of your team is like if you know that you know I mean it depends on the player like we said Joel Embiid. I mean, I feel like they have a pretty, like, their team is pretty in-depth. Like, they have a lot of talent on that team. So you can get by with, like, not playing Embiid, like, in a back-to-back game. Um, But I think everyone wants those guys to play in the games that matter. Like, the teams, you know, when you're playing another playoff or championship contender, Fans want to see that guy playing, and uh, so I think that's where the bottom line is. Just don't schedule those premier games at the end of back to backs, man. <laughs> I, I just resolved the issue right there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of like <laughs> fan pushback because they want to. I mean, the fan the fan goes to the game. They want to see their their favorite player, and when their favorite player sits. You know, that's the the other side of it. <laughs> See, I put, like, load management as a topping. I was like, I don't know what I was going to say about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I see both sides, but, like, hey, it, it, wor- it, it works for, you know, works for teams. And, like, don't don't you want your team at the – like, wouldn't you want your, your – uh, if you're a fan of a certain player or team, like, you would want them to be well-rested for when it matters and, you know, when they get – and you know, for a higher, higher play. But the NBA has to find a way to make the uh, regular season more meaningful, though. They uh, could, I guess, they could switch it to like. I guess one of the things that people have rose is switching to like that soccer format, where like you demote and promote teams to like leagues. I don't. I don't know how that would work here, yeah. only because it's just so drastically different. But it's something to think about. 
Well, um, I think they're actually, uh, I mean, I know we're getting a little off topic, but uh, I I think the commission, I think Adam Silver has thought about changing up the playoff format um, because right now, like guys like, you know, Dimitri knows that the, uh, like, just like the, the women's basketball, they changed up their format so that the first few rounds are like a one game elimination. So I think that would, um, I think that would uh, make, you know, the regular season a little bit more competitive, more exciting. If maybe, maybe like the bottom three or four teams have like a one game elimination and then the top four had maybe like a bye in like the first or second round. I think that would kind of step up some of those bottom teams to really play play hard maybe but also the the NBA is just (laughs) twice as many teams I'm all for creative resolutions but I mean anything could happen we'll see it'll be kind of kind of difficult but I mean see with that we can go back to shortening the season I don't know how many people are going to like that I know the the NBA is not gonna like that just because like the TV deal money. Yeah, you don't want you don't want less games. You want more games. Want more games. They were they were saying as you were saying, Rafi, that they were going to uh, make like a tourney for like the the non playoff teams. I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I heard about that. I, I think that They're would be into that. a cool idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I would like to see it. I think it should be uh, maybe like nine nine through like whatever, and then. Maybe like the four teams or something. You just play in, and then after that, you go. <laughs> but then you're just gonna get smacked by the uh, <laughs> the top seed. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what's happening now, anyway. Yeah, but hey, Pretty at least much, you can say yeah. you make the playoffs. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Then at least for those like bottom teams, like it makes it like a little bit more exciting because like maybe because like with the, the seven game series like it's like so predictable like you know someone gets swept by the top team so if they had a little like like tournament like in the bottom half or whatever you could sort of maybe get some surprises you know kind of get that that feeling you do in college where you know you, you get you know you get some upsets you get some teams that are like really streaking toward the end of the season and they come into the playoffs and they, they get really hot. So I, I think it would be enticing. Yeah, it should be, should be interesting. All right, we're going to move on to uh, talking Luka and uh, Dallas. So currently Dallas is 17-8 and eight and they're third in the West. Uh, Luka Doncic is, has eight triple-doubles. He's averaging 29.3 points, 9.6 rebounds, 8.9 assists. Uh, he's he's only 20 years old. Uh, the man had two 40-point two triple-doubles already. And, yeah, yeah he's been... Luka's been going off. He's been going off. And uh, I'm definitely kind of surprised on how where the uh, Dallas is at in the standings right now, but hopefully they can uh, keep it up. All I'm going to say is Luke has been great, Dallas has been great, and they're winning right now because they've all been great. 
I'm going to leave it at that. Before I say something real dumb. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I never thought that. I didn't think he was going to blossom, like, so quickly, Luca. Uh, I still feel like I don't really uh, know his game fully because I haven't seen that many Dallas Maverick games. Um, but I feel like he's very dynamic, like you said. I feel like he he puts in, he contributes in a lot of different ways. Um, and, uh, you know, they also got my man on my fantasy team, Christoph Porzingis as well. You guy. I mean, he's my guy. I'm like, he's, uh, he's been, he's been a little inconsistent at times or whatever, you know, struggling. But I think, uh, I think, um, they, uh, they complement each other pretty well. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they got, they got some, a couple other players, you know, some, a couple of young guys on, on that team. So, um, and I feel like they've always been a, uh, they've always been a good team of finding, you know, finding the right players to match their system. So, you know, I, I give them a lot of credit. Yeah. I mean, props to them. Uh, like we said, hope, hopefully they can keep it up. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll dip. Who, who knows? We'll we'll see. Luca's out for I think two weeks with an injury, so we'll see. Did they say he was out two weeks? I thought he was like just out for that game, but I haven't been keeping up with Luca's injury report. P- potentially two weeks. Well, I I just want to add a little caveat to this because I know everybody's riding the Luca train right now. But with Dallas, like, Luka is great, and he's making them pretty good. But they're also winning when he's not on the floor also. So I want to say that, like, while Luka is, like, part of the reason why they're great, they're also great without him. Because when he's off the floor, like, there's no fall off with their net rating, like, at all. Like, that team's, like, super consistent. The only one that's been, like, a drag for them is, like, Chris Dasporzingis. Because whenever he plays, that team just tanks. Uh, Rafi, you want to say anything? Uh, no, I'm good. Good. Is he, uh, in the MVP race so far? I'll just... Inherently, yes, but he's not my MVP, so. I said he might be maybe, like, most improved player of the year or something like that, or, you know, I mean, he might be, he'd probably be in some other categories, but I don't, I wouldn't say he's uh, MVP. I think it's also too early to to, uh, to tell if he's going to be MVP. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It is early, but he's uh, <laughs> right now. He's been he's been balling. And he's performing well. Well, he has like the raw volume stats, and his team is third in the West. So, just by that, he's inherently going to get consideration. Yeah, I don't think he is, but that's just me. I mean, we only we're only in December. Anything can happen from like January to like April. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, Luca like fell off in the second half last year, also. So. Yeah. We'll see if he can like keep it up. Yeah. All right, let's get into the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I feel like a lot of people haven't, or at least the media people haven't been talking that much about Milwaukee, at least to me. 
But they have a win streak of 18. Uh, they're 24. They're tied for the best record in the NBA with 24 and three. And uh, their last loss was against Utah, like last month. And Giannis is averaging 31, 12, and five. And I mean, this guy was it's kind of the same thing as last year. <laughs> you know, they're rolling, but you know, this year they just have a streak. And I don't know. I was kind of looking at their like who they played. And not not to take a not to take anything away from their eighteen game win streak because that's very impressive, but like to me there wasn't that much uh you know competition. I mean they were they were all winnable games, but you know I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take anything away. You know props for them. You know 18, 18 game win streak. You know the highest in the highest the highest in the league right now. So let's see let's see if they can keep going. If you want to talk about an MVP candidate, Giannis, Giannis. like, like this is the like, like I think for MVP is probably going to go down between him and like LeBron, yeah, and Giannis probably going to get it just because he's like everyone's like what like thirty and like twelve, like it's something insane like that, but like it's not just that like he's been great, like the team has also been great, like they lead the league in, in like um plus minus with like fucking like. I forgot what it was. I think it was like thirteen. It was like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's them, and then there's like everybody else. Uh-huh. And like the points differential, they're leading like by thirteen. I think the sec, the, whoever's in second has like seven. So with Milwaukee, I think they're gonna be like a great regular season team. Yeah, because like they play fast. They're like the number one offense in the league right now. Giannis mm-hmm. is just killing it. When it comes to, like, the regular season, I think their transition game, which is, like, absolutely killing people, like, you can get away with that. But I worry about them in, like, the half court. I remember, like, I think it was, like, the first game against the Celtics when it was just, like, when they packed the paint. They completely ignored everyone else, and they just packed the paint, and they were like, we dare everyone else except Giannis to beat us. And the thing about Giannis is... He also can't create his own shot outside of, like, getting to the basket, which hurts him in the long run because, like, their point guard is Eric Bledsoe, unplayable in the playoffs every year. And then, like, they have Chris Middleton, but he's been a little on and off. So I think they're going to be, like, a great regular season team that's going to struggle in the playoffs against Boston and Philadelphia. I remember last year I had them struggling against Boston. And I was right for the first two games. But then I think at some point, like, Boston's, uh, they just disintegrated. Their structure failed them. Like, <laughs> like that team disintegrated. Bomb. But, like, the same things that kind of worked against Milwaukee last year in Boston is working again this year. The only difference is there's no chemistry issues, which I could argue may not tank them this year if they face each other again in the playoffs. I agree with you with um, with Philly. I'm not sure about Boston yet. I think Boston's <laughs> length, Boston's length has given Milwaukee trouble. Yeah, they have. And the, that was a good home game that they won, especially when the Bucks were up. Like they were killing us in the first half. Yeah, but the Bucks just, couldn't do anything in the they, second half. In the second half, when just, they started packing the paint, they were like, yeah. you know what? You're gonna have to play half court. You're gonna get score as on us in the half court. And they struggled last year too. Not I think the PPP in the half court last year was like 0.81, which would have been like 
somewhere in the bottom of the league. Yeah. You can't do that in the playoffs. No, that's 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 the question mark for them. The playoffs. Uh Rafi, you wanna chime in? Um Yeah, I mean I I agree with you about I feel like Milwaukee's backcourt is iffy, so I'm I, I don't I uh I think that they're also like did you say that Milwaukee's more of like a, a better like half court? He said fast break. Like they're a transition team, and then their half court offense stalls because they don't have anyone that like can create their own shot outside of the Middleton. And he's just kind of good, but not great. Yeah, and then they don't really. I mean, I guess they did a little bit better in the off season of trying to get like more guys that can spread the floor and give them that like three point threat, which they didn't have last year. Um, but I guess like you're right that I think they still need like another go to guy that can like create his own shot. And so yeah, I would say that, you know, in the in the regular season they're gonna be dominant, but you know, against those other top tier playoff teams in the in the East, I don't know if they they have enough to beat them, so I guess we'll see what happens. I still think Brogdon was a big loss. Picking Blitz over him was a mistake. I agree with that. Shouldn't have given Blitz with that contract, (laughs) man. That was a mistake. I agree with that. Uh, So, Milwaukee's win streak, because I have them beating the Lakers on Thursday. Uh... Yes, I have them beating. The, I have them beating the Lakers on Thursday. Uh, Milwaukee's win streak is going to end at on Christmas Day against Philly. <laughs> I actually think LA can prove to be a problem against Milwaukee only because I think LA is like the number two defense in the yeah. league right now. I don't know who's number one. It might be Philly, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But that defense is going to give Milwaukee problems. Like, they're going to need to be able to score on them. I don't know if they can. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good game. Like, it's going to be close. Uh, L.A. has the best road record in the league right now. So, I'm just going to roll with Milwaukee at home. <laughs> at least for this game. This game coming up. Uh, let's talk about Siakam and, and Toronto. And uh, Butler, Jimmy Butler in Miami. Uh, so first, uh, we'll start with Toronto. Toronto is 17-8. and eight. Uh, Is that uh, their fifth right now? They've been juggling, well, two two through like seven is like all, all, all clustered up by like one game. So, but I was, uh, to me, I was a little shocked about Toronto. I thought, I didn't think they would be, I thought they would be towards more of the bottom. But they have uh, surprised me. They have hit a skid lately. They've lost four out of six. But Siakam is doing well. He's emerging. See, again, 24.7 points and uh, 8.3 rebounds. And you got Van Vliet going for 18 a game and seven assists. And uh, I'm looking forward to that Christmas Day matchup against my boys. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm also very surprised about Toronto. I thought that once. Leonard left. I thought they didn't really have that same 
that that main guy on the team that makes them like kind of charges them up. So, but I mean, Siakam proved in the playoffs last year that he can be the man. Like he really, he really showed up in the playoffs. He made a lot of clutch shots. He's he's a good you know rebounder. He's he he can he can score. He can create his own shot. So. Uh, you know, I like him. Um, like you said, Nick, what is the name? Nick Finn. Uh, Fred Van Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. And, um, I think, you know, Kyle Lowry's still there. So, you know, he's, he's pretty good. So, I mean, I mean, they got pretty much the same team, you know, as last year without Leonard. So I, I think that, you know, consistency is really important with the team. So, they have good, you know. They got good rapport with each other. They they know they know each other's strengths. So, um, you know, I think I think they'll go. I think they'll go pretty far. I think they'll, you know, they could be the either you know the top two teams in the East standing possibly. Uh, I don't know. We'll about see. That. Maybe we'll see. I mean, I, I know I know Toronto Toronto has their problems in the playoffs. I feel like they always have their problems other than last year or whatever, but, um, but yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. Maybe, I mean, they're playing well, so only time will tell. Um, I don't know if I have any comments on how they'll play in the playoffs. That's a little hard to predict, but the fact that Pascal has essentially emerged as like a, a Giannis light for them has been huge because they just lost a major star player. Then they have another guy. Well, not completely replace what Kawhi was. Granted, Kawhi only played like fifty some games last year. The fact that he's been able to like kind of bring most of that production or replace most of that production himself has been big for them. Van Fleet, though, Van Fleet was dead in the water. Like when they played Philly, like oh yeah, we didn't know. Like he was done. He looked done. And then like then the oh my god, and then like the final show came, and then he like exploded and he hasn't slowed down since so the way i look at toronto is more like they're probably at near top of the east i'm gonna say top four maybe top three depending on how things play out but in the playoffs i'm not quite sure how that plays out because they still need to go through like philly who yeah without Kawhi last year eh, they weren't as good I agree. I think I think uh, Toronto's going to get the four to five spot, and it might be their fate to, for them to lose in the first round. First round. Yeah, I think they might lose in the first round, unless they're unless um, unless they're not unless they're a high unless they're like one, two, or three. I mean, if they're four or five, if, if, they're, if they're three or four, they're going to beat down whoever is like in the middle. I don't think they're as bad as the rest of like the East. Nah, I mean they're not. As bad. I just don't think they're as good as the top of the East. Who they probably won't have to play until the second round, at least. That's why I said they could probably win, like maybe a playoff series if they, they get. Oh, I think they're gonna smash whoever they play the round top. one. <laughs> probably, I don't know. I Actually, think, I think they'll be on upset alert. If they play Orlando, they wouldn't <laughs> smash them, but everyone else in low if be on. Depending on seating, I think I think they can be on upset alert. Who would you have in the East that would upset them? Well, I mean, if Indiana's below them, I'll take Indiana. You're going to take Indiana over Toronto? 
Yeah, I'll take Indiana with Victor Oladipo. Do we know Oladipo's coming back? Should be coming back in like this 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 uh this season, yeah. Because without Oladipo, I do not believe in the Indiana team in the playoffs, like at all. <laughs> not against Toronto anyway. Yeah. I think they're good. They're gonna win a lot of games in the yeah. regular season, but I don't know if they can compete with like the top four in the East in a playoff series. But maybe. Maybe. Well, potentially lose to Orlando too. That's true. The only thing I, that worries me in Orlando is like they don't score like very efficiently or even in volume very well. All right. Uh let's get into Miami. Miami's nineteen and seven. Uh they're third in the East. You got uh Jimmy Butler getting twenty one a game, six point five rebounds and six point eight assists. The rookie's doing good. Kendrick Nunn, Her- uh, Tyler Hero, Robinson. So he got a, I would say, a decent team. But can we talk about the walking triple double, Bam Adebayo? <laughs> like, where did this come from? Where uh, where did it come from? <laughs> I remember when Bam was coming out of college, he was projected as like a high energy, high athletic big. And now he's handling the ball. For the Miami Heat in Justice Winslow's absence. Granted, they share it. They have a bunch of guys handling the ball. But the fact that Bam does any type of ball handling is amazing to me. Because he didn't have any of that coming out. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys, like, I feel like, you know, I did not uh, I did not expect to be in the role that that they were in. Um, I I was very... Happy that you know Jimmy Butler and that the you know Miami Heat got were able to make a big pickup when they got Butler, because um, I felt like they had all the other pieces in place. They just didn't have that that guy, that go-to guy. So I feel like Jimmy Butler really changed um, the dynamic of the team and put them into like a more a more competitive playoff team. Um, and, you know, they got Eric Spolstra, who's been, like, their coach for, like, a while now. So, I mean, they got consistency there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and they have, they have some depth. I mean, they have an average starting lineup, right? I mean, they got, they got a couple of good role players. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to get too far in the playoffs, but I think, I think they have a lot of players that, um, a few years down the line could be, you know, stars in the league. Yeah, they got a, some good young talent. I mean, it helps that, like, Hendrick Nunn, like, who was cut by the Warriors, by the way, <laughs> but they regret that now, has really, like, blown up for them. He's been in a slump recently, but overall pretty good for a guy that was undrafted and then cut by another NBA team. And then another guy who's been, like, I guess, like, really good Duncan Robinson. Like, where the hell did this guy come from? Man, hit, like, 10 threes in a game. Yeah. Like, I remember watching it. I was like, who is this guy? Like, they're just getting, like, a lot of contributions from, like, a lot of guys that you usually don't expect them to contribute, like, right away. Mm-hmm. Because, like, none is, ba- is effectively, while he's a second-year player, is effectively a rookie. 
Duncan Robinson, I think he was undrafted. I can't remember. And like the fact that Tyler Hero has exceeded expectations so far. Well, I wouldn't say he has exceeded expectations because a lot of people said he was going to be really good. I guess meet expectations so far has been good for them. Like they've just gotten a lot of contributions from a lot of different guys, especially with Justice Winslow being out and you know Waiters Island essentially disappearing before our eyes. <laughs> Justice Winslow. I mean, he's been hurt. Yeah, he's been. And he was their point guard last year, and now everybody is their point guard this year. <laughs> yep. All right, uh, let's get into the Pelicans. Poor Pelicans. They're on a 12-game losing streak. But at least their bright side, uh, Brandon Ingram's averaging 25.2 points per game. Uh, He's my most improved right now. And, yeah, uh, hopefully Zion comes back in 2020. Play some games. And, yeah. Anything y'all want to say about the Pels? I'll let Dylan go first. They have a lot of young talent. A lot of young talent. Like, like you know, Ingram blowing up this year for them. But I think that team's a mess. I thought Lonzo was going to be better. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's not being great. I, I, I thought he was going to be better. Like, I was so high on Lonzo. And, like... They have a lot of pieces I like, but just as a team, they have not put it together. And maybe it's on the coach. Maybe it's just like organizational dysfunction. I don't know, but they've been bad this year. You think Brandon Ingram's going to get an all-star spot or no? Uh, He probably will. Actually, I don't know. He'll be considered a forward, right? So he probably will, but like... I think his record's going to be held against him by some, like, whatever committee that picks the players. I think it's the coach. Yeah. You going to, uh, you going to say something? Yeah, what year is Ingram in? Is he in his, like, second year or something? Or? He's year four. What? Year four. Oh, he's in year four? Yeah, I haven't really, like... Uh... I feel like in the beginning, his first few years, he didn't really, he wasn't like, I don't know, you didn't hear that much about him. I don't know. He wasn't been like like a, a star talent. Um, at least I didn't hear about him that much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, wasn't Zion kind of like injury prone a little bit in college as well? Like I think he like, he was hurt during his last year or something like that in college. So... Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, the Pelicans got really lucky with, you know, all the draft picks that they got. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure yet how the pieces will fit together. I think they're all still like pretty young. So we'll see what happens. Poor JJ is going to miss the playoffs this year. (laughs) Forget JJ. It's like his first time, too. I wish they would play Alexander Walker more because I really liked him coming out of the draft, but they have so many guards there that it's just like a clusterfuck right now. But he's a good player, and I think they should consider like trading like Giroux just to open up like more space to play these guys. 
Yeah, poor Pelicans, man. <laughs> One of my friends at work was so high on the Pelicans, and <laughs> I just saw. Uh, it was like, oh, the Pelicans are going to go 50 and 32. <laughs> was like, okay. 50 and 32? <laughs> what? They're going to make the AC this way. So I was like, okay. <laughs> How? How, Dimitri? How? I, I'll, just be, I'll just tell you what I was being told. <laughs> I was not sold. <laughs> Fifty and thirty-two. <laughs> I had some people even say some blasphemy, saying that they'll be even better than the, than the Lakers. And I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't need those people to lay off the weed, man. <laughs> lay off whatever they're on. Oh no. But speaking of the Lakers, the Lakers are on the roll. Twenty-four and three. Was this like LeBron's best start in his like career, and the Lakers' best start since like the eighties? And uh, LeBron's leading the league in assists with ten point eight a game. He's getting twenty five point nine. You got AD with twenty seven point four points, and uh, he's getting two point six blocks. And uh, yeah, the Lakers are just just a squad, just coast. See, I thought they would like. I, I honestly thought the Lakers would, like, have some problems and probably would coast through the season. But they're just, like, owning everybody. I mean, not really owning everybody because they're not blowing out everybody, but they're, like, you know, winning games. Winning games they're supposed to win. The Lakers are just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, on paper, we all knew, we all thought they were going to be, like, you know they have a lot of stars, and then I thought it'd take you know, more time. They, they got. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron James have played with each other on the Olympic team, so they already had yeah. sort of like that that dynamic. And then, you know, it helped having uh, Kuzma still, who's I think a, a good rising star. And um, they got, you know, they got some good veterans, some good. You know, three-point shooters, and you know they got you got um, some good veteran big men like Dwight Howard, and, and don't they have like them McKee yeah, whatever as well? So I mean, they got some good shot blocking or rebounders and stuff like that. They have a good a lot of good specialty guys, and I think that's what's always good about LeBron. LeBron always ends up like attracting guys that have like really specific like niches. Like you get you get guys that are like specifically like awesome three-point shooters or guys like the defensive big men that want to join LeBron. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I think they have a, they have a very good coaching staff. Like literally all three of their coaches could be like head coaches, like from like the two assistant coaches, Lionel Hollins has been a head coach many times, Jason Kidd, has been a head coach with Milwaukee, and um, and then you got uh, the head coach Frank, what Frank is his name? Vogel. Frank uh, Frank Vogel, who's who coached Indiana, I think, and he. So I mean, they they've all had their successes. So you know, top to bottom, they're 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 good with coaching. I mean, you have LeBron, Anthony Davis some type of shooting, they were always going to be all right. They were always going to be good. But I guess the unexpected thing was, like, how good they've been on defense, which is helping this one. 
which is helping this year because you know LeBron has coasted on defense for like the last like three years. But seems good, like borderline great, because you know they got two generational players in their team right now, some pretty good solid role players, and I still think they need one more guy, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, they're really, as you said, really good at defense. Number five in defensive rating, number four in offense ratings. Really top five in both categories. But, yeah. The Lake Show. The Lake Show. Looking good. Looking good. All right, our last thing uh, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about Kyrie, Kyrie and the Nets. Rafi, we're going to talk about the Nets, the only good thing about New York right now, because the Knicks are trash. So before I, uh, we start this, uh, is Kyrie, Kyrie getting some uh, unwarranted hate? He just, he just gets so much, he gets some hate from me sometimes. He's just getting unwarranted hate. I don't want to discuss this with you, Dimitri. <laughs> no, because you're insinuating that Kyrie's <laughs> ducking Boston like he hasn't been hurt like the past month. I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about that with you, man. I know you're salty. <laughs> ducking Boston. Nobody's ducking Boston, man. Hey, I hope he shows up in March. That's all I hope for. Nets are fourteen and twelve, and uh, and they're currently seventh in the East. Uh, your guy Spencer Dinwiddie's going off, and yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dinwiddie's good, and um, Joe Harris, good shooter. Um, you know, Jared Allen's a phenomenal rebounder. Um, you know, they got. Um, I don't know who else. I mean, they got a couple other like good role players, and um, I don't know. Kyrie's like Kyrie seems just like he's so injury prone. Um, so like I don't know. I wonder how the rest of his career is going to play out because I feel like he's constantly getting injured. He might be a guy. He might. Speaking of load management, he might be a guy in the future that may like need that kind of load management type thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Nets are looking average and, uh, hopefully once Kyrie comes back, he'll be able to sit right in. Hey, I'm just waiting for that playoff series between Boston and, uh, the Brooklyn Nets should be fire. I'm waiting I mean, that's if they match up in the playoffs. I mean, if the Nets end up being like the seventh seed or whatever, then they're—I don't know. I don't think the Celtics are the second seed, are they? I don't like—I don't know. I don't—I don't think they're going to play each other this year in the playoffs. But maybe, maybe next year. Maybe next year. This is a waiver year for them, man. We all knew that Durant wasn't playing this year. Just wait—just wait till next year when he comes back. Oh yeah, just wait till next year when he comes back. They're going to wreck the league. They're gonna wreck. Yeah, once Kyrie comes back. Once Kyrie, I mean Kevin. Once Kevin Durant comes, oh, it'll be them, them Milwaukee and Philly. I haven't given it on Boston yet, but we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Boston. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about the standings. Uh, so I'll start off with the East. We got Milwaukee at 24 and 3, Miami at 19 and 7, Philly at 20 and 8, Boston 17 and 7, Toronto 17 and 8, Indiana 18 and 9. You got Brooklyn 14 and 12, and Orlando 12 and 14th at the 8th spot. Then after that, you got Detroit, Charlotte, Chicago, Washington, Cleveland, Atlanta, and New York. Uh, do we have any comments, surprises? Uh, Rafi, I'll start with you. Any? So, like, surprise teams so far, you're saying? Yeah, any, any comments or surprises so far in these... Uh, month and a half of the NBA? Um, I mean, I'm pretty surprised about, like, you know, I mean, Indiana really surprises me. Like, I feel like, you know, I mean, I don't feel like they have, like, one, like, kind of direct star that I know of on the team. So I feel like their record's pretty surprising. I feel like even... The Orlando Magic, I mean, I feel like the Orlando Magic have been like sort of the bottom seller of the Eastern Conference for a while. So I think I think um, their team is pretty good. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I think we said, we talked about earlier that I think that, you know, at first I was, I thought the Raptors were going to really drop, like we said. Uh, I think that... Um, they've done a lot better than I really expected. So I think those three teams, you know, the Indiana probably the most than, than, uh, Orlando and then Toronto would be like sort of those teams in the playoffs really that have, um, have surprised me. Um, and even Miami, cause I didn't think that, Jimmy Butler, you know, and then like we talked about earlier, like all these guys just stepping up out of nowhere. So probably even even more than Indiana, I would say Miami has been like the hugest, the, the, the biggest surprise so far. Um, I probably have Miami as my biggest surprise also. I mean, if you told me like during the summer that we're going to be the second in the East right now, yeah, obviously you were crazy. Yeah. But like... For them, it's more of just, like, the fact that they got everybody contributing. Like, they got their rookies coming in that first year. They're contributing. You got Bam getting really good over, like, the past, like, three years. Like, even without Jimmy Butler there, I feel like that team would still be, like, really good, which is completely surprising to me because, for me, I thought they might not even make the playoffs this year because Goran Dragic just always hurt. The fit with like some of the players is weird. They have huge contracts with guys that don't play, like Kelly Olynyk, and Justice Winslow is hurt this year also. You know, it's just like all these factors leading to me thinking like, oh, they're probably going to be middling. They might be like an A seed, but the fact that they've been unbelievably good has been. And they usually go. Miami usually gets like to off to bad starts, and then they usually yeah. it's too late for them to. <laughs> That's the thing uh, about my. I think that's the real thing about Miami this year is like 
the makeup of that team has completely changed. Yeah. Guys that played major minutes for them last year, like James Johnson, like they're not playing at all anymore. Mm-hmm. They've essentially been replaced by all these young guys who have just exploded. Hopefully, they can keep it up. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see. Uh, yeah, my my surprises were Miami and Toronto, and I, to me, I honestly didn't think Milwaukee would be twenty four and three. I didn't think they would be. I I had a feeling they'd be top two. But I didn't think they would go on this uh, huge streak that they went on. So that's why I had them as a surprise. Even though technically, I mean, they were they, they were the same as last year. But it just went off on a, on a hot streak of 18 games. All right, now I'm going to go over the West. Uh, we got L.A. at 24-3. and three, Clippers 20-8. and eight, Dallas at 17-8. and eight, Denver 17-8. and eight. Houston 17-9, you got Utah 15 and 11, Sacramento at 12 and 14, Oklahoma City at 11-14, then you got Phoenix, Minnesota, Spurs, Portland, Memphis, New Orleans and Golden State. I'll let you go first this time. Um I don't know if I have a surprise though in the West. I feel like everything is kind of falling into place. Yeah. I would say there's more disappointments in the West than there are actual there, surprises. I think more disappointments in the West, too. But, like, like Denver started off slow. They've mostly, like, recovered now. I think they're, like, fifth or fourth, I believe. Yeah, fourth right now. Yeah, so, like, they've, like, they're tied for, like, in, like, a three-way tie for, like, what, the third seed yeah. with, like, Dallas and Houston. And, and, like, I guess the other one would be, like, Utah. Like, I didn't think they were going to be world beaters. I wasn't one of these people that were like, oh, they're going to run the West. No, I didn't think that. But I also didn't think they were as bad as they are now. I thought they would at least be, like, in the middle of the pack, like, maybe contending for, like, a top-ish, like, three or four seed. But they haven't been that. They've been mostly bad. So I guess there's always that. Like, But everybody else, like, you know, San Antonio starts off slow. Portland starts off slow. It's just one of those things I just kind of, like, accepted at this point. And I guess Sacramento being like in the playoff run surprised me a little bit because I hate hate Luke Walton. I hate that guy. But they're winning games, so what can I say? Uh, any disappointments, surprises for you, Rafi? Um, I mean, Dallas has really surprised me. Um, and like you said, Tim, uh, I mean, Sacramento has, like, kind of surprised me because I don't know. I feel like – I mean, I know they – I'm not sure if they made the playoffs last year. I thought they, like – I thought they got close to making the playoffs or something like that. They didn't make it. Last year. They didn't make it, yeah. But, I mean, I feel like they – their their fans definitely, like, deserve to, like, get a playoff opportunity. They haven't made the playoffs in, like, such a long time. So, uh, and I like them and – I mean, even some teams that are hovering, like, just about possibly making the playoffs, like the Thunder or, like, the Phoenix Suns and stuff like that, like, I'm surprised that they're, like, even, like, I thought they would be, like, much lower. Um, I, I I thought Houston Rockets would be, like, even higher for some reason. I thought they would be, like, higher than Denver and Dallas and stuff like that. I thought they would be in the top three. Oh, technically so, they're tied. They're technically they're almost tied. I mean, tied. yeah, technically they are tied. 
But I thought they I thought they would like have like a significantly better record than Denver and Dallas, but um but yeah, I mean I again at the t- most of like what Tim said, most of the teams it basically is it's basically unfolded the way I sort of expected it in the West. I think I think that's kind of how the West is. The West has always been for the past number of years, just like teams like all fall into place because just there's there's so many more like stars, like teams with like just like multiple stars. And in the West, I feel like the East is like kind of you never know what you're gonna get with the Eastern Conference. Yeah, my surprise was uh, Dallas. Dallas is doing pretty well. Uh, pretty disappointed in the Spurs, the Spurs, because I thought they would be better. But they still got the second half to turn it around, and like they always do. And uh, so the Lakers, as I probably said earlier, they had the best road record. They only have one loss. And Philly, Philly is still undefeated at home. Now, who, uh, what do you think is the best team right now? Uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Rafi. Um, I would probably say I want to go with. I I feel like the Lakers are like the best team right now and I just kind of not just because of LeBron but I feel that I feel like LeBron makes Anthony Davis like like on a whole nother level and I feel like that they were able to bring in a lot of like three-point shooters that LeBron usually needs and they also have a lot of good like defensive big men um, to, uh, to sort of compliment, you know, Anthony Davis. So he's not always getting like banged up all the time. They have like depth. So I don't know if like, I just, I don't know if like this first year is going to be the year that they, they win it. I'm still like, I'm sure about the Clippers as well. I feel, I don't, I don't know. I, I just between those two teams, I, but I, I feel like the winner is going to come from the uh, the Western Conference, though. And who's the best team for you right now? Um, I'm probably stuck between the two LA teams, like either the Lakers or the Clippers. I think the Clippers have uh, had a bit of a health issue recently, but I still think they're really good, like right behind them. Mm-hmm. But like. Like we said before, like the Lakers are playing unbelievable right now. They're beating guys on both ends, offense, defense. And the only reason why I, I'm not putting Milwaukee up on here, even though they are killing everyone right now, 18-game winning streak, leading the league in points differential, is I still have – I'm still worried about their talent overall. Like their issues in the half court worry me a lot when the game has to slow down. I don't feel the same way about the Lakers and the Clippers, who I feel like are more versatile. Yeah, my two teams were the Lakers and uh, Milwaukee. 
going with the I think right now the Lakers are the better team, I would say. So I'm going with the Lakers as the best team right now. All right. Uh we're going to do a Christmas preview slash predictions. And then the last thing, we're going to if anyone wants to make comments about the uh fantasy league. So, we got our first game. Christmas is going to be a little different for me this year because I'm going to Canada. So I won't be able to... It's okay. They'll show the <laughs> Toronto game. Yeah, they'll show the Toronto game. But I won't be able to watch as intently as I usually do on Christmas Day. Uh, because, you know, I have to be with the family. And uh, hopefully, I mean, well, most of the games are on ABC. So hopefully I can get that get that up there. You know, catch some games. But, yeah. Uh, the 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 Christmas Christmas preview and the Christmas Day episode is a big thing for my podcast. So, yeah, me and my me and my guy do it. Uh, me and my guy Nestor Dudley do a Christmas episode after the Christmas games, and yeah, that's probably like one of my favorite episodes. But let's go on to the uh, Christmas preview slash predictions. Uh, no, first game we got Boston at Toronto. Boston leads the series 1-0. Uh, they won on October 25th, 112-106. Jalen had 25 points, and Siakam had 33 points. And my concern uh, for Boston is that they just suck in Toronto. They have not, they just, like, uh Boston, Toronto, they always, like, Boston wins their home games and Toronto wins theirs. So it's not, you know, I'm a little I'm a little bit concerned, you know, going up the border. And uh, for this game, I'm taking Toronto with the, with the win. I think Siakam's going to get... He'll get 30. He'll get 30. Uh, Lowry, Lowry will have a double double, uh, fifteen and ten. Lamfleet will get twenty, and I think I think it'll be a I think it'll be a close game, but I think Toronto's gonna pull away in the fourth, and they're gonna win by like seven points. Uh, I'll let Dylan. You can go ahead. Um, I guess it's gonna be a match of like two Eastern powerhouses. I'm gonna put house powerhouses in quotes here. Um, I think it's going to be close because um, both teams are really coached well. They have a lot of talent on their team. But I think Boston's probably going to eat this game out. Like It's going to be close, but I think they're going to win only because I think they're more talented at the end of the day. Like T- Toronto's good. They have great players. They have good players there. But I just like Boston's depth. Granted, like no weird injuries where like you have like Marcus Smart not playing or whatnot. I just like the combination of... Brown, Tatum, Smart, Gordon, hopefully he plays. Um, Kemba. Yeah, Kemba. I don't know why (laughs) Kemba's name just, like, blanked out. But, like, I think just the combination of those guys are going to prove to be too much for Toronto at the end. Especially since, like, just, like, if you want to match up, like, star versus star, Boston just has more guys. They do. But they, they suck in Toronto, though. That's fine. You know, it's a new year. It's It's a a new year. (laughs) I'm still going with Toronto, though. All right, Rafi. 
Yeah, I I would um I would probably agree with I would say along with Dimitri, I think that I think the Raptors are gonna win. I think both teams I mean I can see right now both teams are very good at home and they're both like so so on the road. So I don't know, I'm just gonna go I'm probably gonna go for the home team in this in this game. Um I feel like Toronto is usually like a very loud atmosphere. So I think it'll be a close game. I think it will be within like, you know, five or ten points. But I just think that Toronto will will um, come through with the win. All right. Uh, Milwaukee at Philly. Uh, we'll start with you, Rafi. Who you got? Um, I'm going to go... With, I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to say that I think Milwaukee is going to beat Philadelphia at their home court. Um, and I just think so because I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I think Giannis will go off. I think, you know, I think their supporting cast will will um, come through. And I also don't know about, like, Joel and B, like how, I mean, is he going to to show up? Is you know, is are they are, are they going to get enough scoring from like you know the the different options that they that they often have, and just how healthy are they going to be in the game? So I mean, we'll see. What do you think? Right, uh, so now we have two real powerhouses of the East. Yeah. Um, I think this is so close that go, if both teams are completely healthy, it's so close it could go either way. But since I'm biased and I'm tired of everyone talking smack about Ben Simmons, I'm going to go with Philly. You guys need – you guys – people need to start respecting Ben Simmons, man. <laughs> uh, it's their first matchup of the, se- uh, the season on Christmas Day. Uh, Philly's right now undefeated at home. Uh, so Milwaukee. We'll see if Milwaukee still has their streak. Uh, Giannis did put up fifty of, a fifty piece against them last year in Philly, but I'm going to side with Dylan and I'm going to go with Philly. Uh, I think Joel will go off on that game. I think he will get have a monster game. Maybe like something you saw against Boston last week. Like he'll have like thirty eight and like twelve or something like that. I think. Ben Simmons is going to get me a Christmas triple-double. He is going to do it. He's going to get me a Christmas triple-double. And Tobias will get, he'll get like 18 or 19. Oh, yeah. I'm going with Philly. Uh, Houston at Golden State. Uh, this is the second matchup of the season. Houston won the first one, 129 to 112. I mean, obviously, the, the thrill is not there because the Warriors are hobbled. Uh, you know, Houston will get all, all that payback from, you know, the playoffs. And uh, Houston will take this game. Uh, could be a blowout. Could be a blowout. What do you got, Rafi? Yeah, I, I think it's probably going to be a blowout as well. You got a really good team facing a really bad team. I'm going to go with a really good team because really bad teams are really bad. 
I don't know what else to say. Like, Golden State isn't really even like a team at this point. It's just like a bunch of guys that they just signed to fill up like holes. It's like, hey, here are five guys. Let's just do. Let's just don't make a fool of ourselves. All right, now we got the real matchup: of the Clippers at at the Lakers. Prime time. Uh, the second matchup: the Clippers won opening night uh, with Kawhi got thirty. We got LeBron on AD against. Going against Kawhi, Paul George, Sweet Lou, Trez, and everybody else. I can't wait for this game. Uh, I'm going to uh, take the Clippers with this one. I think Paul George is going to go off for 40. And, yeah, Clippers are going to take this game. Uh, Um... Uh, just like the two games in the East, I think this one's going to be, like, really close. Like, um, the Lakers starting to hit. Like, in the beginning of the year, it was, like, opening night. The Lakers trying to figure things out. And the uh, Clippers, I don't know, I guess they were more together to start the season. But uh, the Clippers have hit, like, a bit of a rough patch with injuries. And with the Lakers rolling right now, I'll probably just go with the Lakers. Especially, I'm just going to go with the home team. Like, this is going to be, like, two really great teams facing each other. And I'm just going to go with a home court advantage. Even though they <laughs> play in the same face. court. <laughs> but technically, when they play together, the Lakers always have home court advantage. Yeah. Because Clippers fans <laughs> are... Lakers own LA. Like, even, even if, like, even if the Clippers are good, like, the Lakers are always the ones that get the attention. So... Yeah. They need to do that, like, a New York-Brooklyn thing where they, like, separate it out, but I don't think they ever will. Yeah. Yeah, I also, I agree with you. I think the Lakers will win. I think that, you know, I I feel like the Clippers are really good, and I think it's going to be a very close game. They could even maybe go to overtime, but I feel that, like, LeBron in those moments, I think he's going to, like, maybe get, like, a triple-double or something like that, and Anthony Davis is going to have, like, you know, 15 to 20 rebounds and score close to 30 points. And and then they have all of those three-point threats, and I feel like that's where, it, like, it, like, differs. I feel like the Lakers got all these three-point threats that they brought, they hired, and they got a bunch of big men, so they got a couple of, like, stoppers at the end. So... And you also just don't know about, like, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I feel like their health is, like, can both be iffy at, a, at any given time. So, yeah, I go with Lakers. Going with the Lake Show. All right. And the nightcap. Ah, New Orleans at Denver. Damn, NBA just wanted to give Zion a Christmas game. <laughs> but he's not even playing. Uh, Denver's taking this game. And usually no one pays attention to the fifth game <laughs> anyway yeah I also got Denver I just feel like Denver is just like a lot more balanced They're, they've been a lot of those players have been with each other for a while so they, they know they've, they've been pretty consistent um, so yeah and they're at home so I mean go with the home team Again, uh, 
very good team versus very bad team, bearing a Christmas miracle. I'm going to go with a very good team in Denver. I don't know if New Orleans even knows what they're doing at this point. I feel like they're just trotting guys out, just throwing shit against the wall and hoping something sticks. All right, okay, out of the two, who's get, if an upset is going to happen, is it going to be Golden State or New Orleans? I would probably go with New Orleans just because they have, like, NBA talent (laughs) playing right now while Golden State's essentially trotting out G League guys with, you know, some young guys that might become something. And D'Angelo Russell, whenever he's not hurt. And, you know, my guy, Burks. Guy Burks. Yeah. uh, Pascal's hurt also, and he was one of the better guys. Mm -hmm. I'll agree, New Orleans. If they're, if. One team was to have a Christmas miracle. <laughs> It'll be them. All right. Uh, real quick, does anyone want to talk fantasy before we close out? Or are we ready to close out? Anything you want to say about... Well, first, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Dylan Raffi, uh, my friend Lisa, uh, Edward, Michael, Kate... Hey, what else is in this league? <laughs> <laughs> All my friends are in the league. Sean. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I got some two people at Granite that I don't even know are in the league. Uh, uh, but, yeah, shout out. You know, thank you for uh, joining my league. It means a lot, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's fun even though I'm salty all the time because I'm in, like, fifth place. But it's a it's a fun league, you know. And uh, it's nice, you know, it just means a lot to, you know, make a, a league worth of, you know, people that I know. So shout out to all you guys for joining my uh, league. And uh, hopefully maybe we can do it next year. And uh, I guess we'll see. All right. Anyone else want to make comments about the uh, the fantasy league? Every single time I play fantasy... I always remind myself why I hate playing fantasy, especially with, especially with basketball. Like, I remember I've only played head-to-head one time yeah. in fantasy basketball, and then, like, I quit playing fantasy basketball after that because I was like, I do not want to deal with the daily upkeep mm-hmm. that, like, basketball requires. Also, I feel like I have an appropriately named team, the IL, <laughs> because at one point I think half my team was hurt, which is ridiculous, and I demand a refund. Rafi, you want make- Rafi's in first. You want to make any comments? You're killing. You're killing yeah, the league I mean, right now. I mean, I mean, the reason why I'm doing well is I feel like the opposite of what of what you said is that my team has remained relatively healthy. Um, I feel like I got like four or five guys that average like close to ten rebounds a game. They give me a double double every game. Rafi got like all Almost. the big man too. <laughs> You got, some, you got some bonus. You got love. You got uh, Jared Allen. In a league with, like, a scarcity and big men, he has all of them. He has, like, all the big men. I run, like, two yeah, centers. <laughs> and and uh, I think I think there have been some good tra- – I think there were some good trades in the beginning of the season. Some trades that I, I myself – kind of question and I was like I was <laughs> the shit out of those, those trades no offense 
because <laughs> uh, I feel like I know I feel like I know what I'm doing in those trades, and I I just wanted I I wanted to like comment so badly and be like, yo, whoever you are, don't do that trade. Like, but you know, that's you get that sometimes. You get some kind of lopsided trades. Um, I think there's been a lot of injuries, like you said. I think now that some players are starting to come back, I think there'll be some teams maybe like that are maybe like in the top five or six that might start to like creep up because a lot of players are getting, some players are getting healthier. Um, but I wonder, I wonder if there'll be any more trades uh, before the trade deadline. And um, yeah, that's about it for me. Basically, gonna try to finesse the bottom of the league. <laughs> Maybe we can do it. Stop cheating. Cheating. What? Stop cheating, man. I ain't cheat. It was agreed to. <laughs> no, that was no, that was cheating, man. Drummond, who at the point was the number one ranked fantasy player for washed up Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe. Andre Drummond for Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> this man was cheating. He's still fifth. <laughs> it's funny, too, because my friend was drunk, too. <laughs> he was like, yo, I was drunk when I made that trade. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yo. I was like, thank God. Hey, I offered, I, it was, I offered a two-for-two two trade. <laughs> I offered, like, Zach Levine and a bunch of guys, and, like, he was just like, oh, I'll just take it straight up. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, I'll do it. I'll do it, but yeah, it's 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 uh you know, it's interesting doing fantasy. It's fun. Uh, Rathy, you must. I remember you texted me after we did the draft. You're like, oh, my my team's all right. There's nothing to sneeze at, and uh, you are in first place. <laughs> I am, even though even though I feel that. Um, I felt like on paper at first. That's why. That's why you can never trust fantasy basketball because on paper, a team can look so good, but then you have to deal with all the dynamics of like, is that player injury prone? Who else is on that that team that that might take away that that player's minutes or whatever? So you have to like compete with so many other things within the team that make it hard for that player to you know either get playing time or or to stay healthy so i don't know i'm 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 completely surprised that my team is like is doing as well as it is doing um but um you know what the heck well let's see what happens i mean i mean there's still half of the season so i mean my team could you know a guy or two could get a huge injury and then another team could rise up so you never know yeah and uh you gotta watch those max and minimums things watch your max slots <laughs> my fantasy yeah. people watch your max slots <laughs> you know all those slots to fill up and then you got nobody to play <laughs> exactly <laughs> i need more il spots i need a petition yahoo for my il spots that is my advice to you all right, uh, before we close out today, I just want to thank both of you for coming on the podcast today. This was uh, something new. Usually my podcast is only me and one other person, but this was a lot of fun today, you know, talking to two people. And uh, hopefully I can do 
more of this, you know, either remote or people in studio. So it was a definitely fun experience. Uh, definitely a motivator to get me back to podcasting. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you want to say anything before we close out? Yeah, I want to call out my uh, arch nemesis, Lisa, for uh, stealing Brenda Ingram from under me <laughs> and ruining my year. <laughs> Give me Ingram! All right, and uh, Rafi, you want to say anything before we close out? Um, no, nah, I'm good. You good? All right, well, you can check out the Make It Rain podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, and Google Play. Uh, follow us on, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Make It Rain Pod. Have a good night, everyone. Yeah.